On this episode of the Autumn Windbags, we ask, who is the second best player on the Raiders' defense? Devon Diablo gets the green dot. How big of a deal is that? Josh Jacobs' contract is up to discuss. Aiden O'Connell, is he the next Brock Purdy? Who's playing quarterback for the Raiders? And we love you subscribe, rate, and comment on whatever platform you're listening on. All right, here we go. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into nightmares. Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, RJ Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags, RJ Clifford, Juan Soto. Let's have some fun today. Episode 174 of the Autumn Windbags coming at you one day early because we're overachievers. Because. We're overachievers, dog. Some people like to do things late, you know? Dog ate my homework. Oh, shut up. Like, no, no, no. We're coming a day early. That's why I'm wearing my one more sleep shirt. Thank you, John Anik. Swag. Um, not because we're overachievers. It's because I have a flight to Vancouver Wednesday night when we record. So I figured, eh, let's, uh, let's do it one day early, right? I like to come early. Vancouver, huh? The, the Paris of Canada, I guess. I don't know. It really is. I mean, it's by far my favorite Canadian city. Um, Canada doesn't have a lot of great cities. Um, Montreal's cool. Toronto's like a big city. Winnipeg is the coldest I've ever been in my life. The December yeah. in Winnipeg. I've never been colder. Mine was February in Rochester, Minnesota, which is like pretty damn close to the Canadian border. You gotta understand this. Winnipeg is like North North Dakota. Like whoever cold you are in South Dakota, you're colder in North Dakota and you're colder in Winnipeg. Vancouver's mm. at least like on the Pacific West, like the like most Southern West part of Canada. And it's great. It's a great city. Like imagine San Francisco, but not a better, well, better weather and nicer people. Like that's, that's kind of Vancouver. Still a lot of homeless, <laughs> a lot of homeless, Dude, you uh, in Seattle, the homeless situation there is like they're all wearing North Face shit. Like, yeah, they're in like that freaking badass public library. They're just like, mm, I'm gonna look for a job, you know. Where where else are the homeless gonna masturbate than the public that's, library? That's true. You know what I mean? You need that you need that fast Wi-Fi. Uh, so you guys get to benefit from uh, my hectic travel schedule and why I have gray ball hairs. But uh, the big question of the day, and we asked this to Vic Tafer last week. And I thought, oh, I think we need to dive balls deep into this question because it's it's an important one. It can't be a depressing one, but I think it's an important one. We all know who the best player on the Raiders' defense is. That's pretty obvious. No-brainer. Max Crosby's absolutely earned it. So who is the second best player on the Raiders' defense? Question of the day. It's pinned in the comment section. Let us know. Who is the second? We're not even going to ask who the best is. If you say anyone other than Mad Max... You're excommunicated from the from the windbags. Who's the second best player on the Raiders defense? And we can go multiple ways with this. And I kind of leave it open for them. Like it could be who do you want to be the second best player on the defense? Who has the potential to be the second best player on the Raiders defense? Who is right this second? Like if we if we lined up in week one started today, who would be the second best? Um, you are free to digest that in any way you see fit. We're down, you know. We don't like to minimize, right? Keep things open-minded. However you like to answer that question, 
You can't. Who do you think it's going to be? Who should it be? Who is the potential? Who is it right now? Whatever criteria you'd like to use. Whatever floats your boat. We ain't going to hate. No hate um, over here. Never that. Tafer said Chandler Jones, which isn't the wrong answer. Because really, it's like Chandler. It's a different perspective, man. Like if well, your Chandler, perspective is, yeah. Chandler um, got better as the season went along. Never got great, but got from bad to okay. And we also view him on a sliding scale because he's paid so much. He's paid like a pro bowler, but he plays just like a regular starter. And even, even being a regular starter on this Raiders defense makes you one of the best on oh, the yeah. defense. Regular guy. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's like, ugh, that's kind of a depressing. Maybe the price tag kind of adds to that. Anyway, he said Chandler Jones, and we didn't get into it. I want to get into it now. Um, Soto, number two. Number two on the Raiders D. Number be? two. Um, you know, if you're looking at it from uh, past accomplishments, yeah, I would say Chandler Jones for sure. I mean, he was an all pro multiple times. So I mean, past accomplishments, he's number one. Yeah, number one. Yeah, Longer career, right? I mean, if you if you take that into account, if you if you're not looking solely at that, just taking it into account, yeah, I'll be Chandler Jones. But he had the coolest uh, defensive play of the season when he just dropped his nuts on Mac Jones's yeah. helmet on his face mask and. I mean, pass. yeah, the last I mean the last six eight games or so of last year, he recovered a few fumbles. He scored a touchdown. He had. I was like four and a half of all four and a half of his sacks were in the last half of the season. I mean, he he turned into the player that we were told he was in the first half of the season. Like, well, his stats aren't really showing it, but he's contributing. He's, he's getting penetration. He's getting like, it's like, no, no, he wasn't second half of the season. He became that guy. Yeah. That's like, well, like, you know, he has some stats, but he's contributing more than the stats say that was him. Second half. I mean, look, it, it's it's really difficult because the the players that we have to choose from, like the logical choices, right? Mm. They're coming off of down years, maybe because of play, because of injury, both. I think Hobbs and Diablo are are probably two of the best choices, um, and uh, they're both coming off of injury, injury plagued seasons, mm. uh, up and down play uh, for Hobbs. You know, coming back from injury, Diablo didn't come back from his injury. Uh, from what I've seen, it's probably going to be Hobbs um, from the play that he showed his rookie season. And uh, hopefully he's ascending. Um, yeah, I would probably go with that. I think he when he was healthy, he played better than Divine, Divine Diablo did. Um, I think Nate Hobbs, if you just took like the football player like out of the bubble, right? Mm -hmm. And just kind of like, all right. Of the 11 starters on the defense, you know, top 15 players, whatever, and you just inserted them on any team anywhere who would who would do the best, I think it would be Nate Hobbs. Obviously, second to Max, right? I think Nate Hobbs, you know, you put him at slot receiver in a scheme that, you know, on a scheme that fits him, I think pr he produces better than everybody else. But he just, they want him playing outside. Not because that's where he's best, it's because corner is... That's where he's needed. I don't think it's un. I, there's no question. Corner is our weakest position, in anywhere anywhere on the field. Cornerback is by far the weakest position. Like if if Nate plays where he's supposed to, yeah, oh yeah. What's weaker? Linebacker. Even line. I mean, linebacker's bad. Divine Diablo. Explain. It's, I mean, it's not good. 
Not good I mean, at all. Take your pick. You're not wrong. Uh, right. Um, like double-headed freaking quarters. Like it's gonna be heads. Yeah. Either way you pick it, it's gonna be it's gonna be right. right. I feel like I feel like Nate Hobbs should be the answer, but because he's playing out of position, and also because he's I feel like the secondary is the secondary is so bad, he has to carry a lot of a lot more dead weight. I mean, it might be it might be Tyree Wilson just because he's gonna be playing like either over the top of Max Crosby, opposite of Max Crosby, alongside Chandler Jones. You know what I mean? Like he's going to be surrounded by better players and they're going to like, you know, if you're the right tackle for somebody and it's like, all right, who would I block Max or Tyree? Like he might get some, you know, you could have some really good plays for us just because he's, he's in a much better position to succeed because edge is by far our best asset at defense. Uh, it's, it's a tough he has a question. Rookie. He has a rookie coming off of an injury. Who's going to be late, you know, late to camp. Yeah. It's, it's a tough question to answer because there's, the only other proven player on the defense. We only ask the hard questions, Soto. We only ask the hard. We don't know these softball shit. We're the autumn windbags. I mean, did did O'Connell really look like Farva from up close? That's the stuff that people want to know. That's big J journalism that you were getting out of Vic Tafer last week. And he stood in the he stood in the pocket and, and uh, he fired right back. So big up hearts. to Vic. I know, man. I, like, I, no, I not know. really, not at all. Like, not even- said. You can't tell me. You can't tell me what I see. Yeah, it's not a lie if you believe it. Yeah, lie to girls, don't lie to me. That's yeah. my motto. You don't lie to your dad. You lie to girls. What movie is that from? Oof, great great comment section. Great you've movie. brought. I, I, you've said that line on this show before. So if you've been, if you're a long time listener to the Autumn Windbags. You know what movie is that from? It's a great movie. You don't lie to me. Lie to girls. Who do you is want it, to be the who do you want to be the second best player on the defense? Like what what's I the mean, best I would love scenario? it to be Chandler Jones. Because if you have Chandler Jones and Max Crosby at the same time firing, that is mm-hmm. gonna make the entire defense better. Yeah. Because Chandler Jones, the way he the, the small snippet Chandler Jones, uh pressure, sacks, he he always recovers fumbles. Like every single season, he recovers fumbles. He's always around the ball. You get that veteran savvy. Fumbles. Yeah, it's like if he's if he's able to be eighty percent of what he was at his peak, that is absolute plenty with Max Crosby on the other side. So if you have those two guys on the edge, which is what they wanted to bring him in as, uh, I can see that being a huge. Uh, just kind of like a, a a boost for the rest of the team. Love that answer. Absolutely love that answer. Um, I also kind of would love it to be Nate Hobbs just because the secondary is in such desperate need of a playmaker. Like mm-hmm. if Nate Hobbs, you know, turns it on, you know, it's like, hey, he was, remember rookie year, he looked awesome. He was ascending. Second year injury. That was mostly it, right? It was oh, the injury, that was, man. That was mostly what was slowed him down. I'm not, I'm not worried about him as like a, like a player player. I, I, no, injury was the biggest issue. And let's say that ascension is true. It was just the injury. And he's like, you know, potential Pro Bowl type guy. Man, does our secondary need that. <laughs> like it, yeah. it, it would like to throw a quality player back there would be so big for this team. So yeah, Ch- Chandler makes sense. That's going to make, you know, if you can have two great edge rushers, your entire defense changes. Everyone, yeah. everyone's workload drops 20% when you have two like pro bowl edge rushers. Yeah. I just think that 
Chandler and Max being at some sort of similar ballpark as far as production and play go mm -hmm. is going to make everybody in the secondary better. Nate Hobbs, him being good, doesn't really affect everybody else in the secondary. It's just, uh, it, it's just feel, it's just giving a unit that desperately needs help. Help is more my thing. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, like no doubt about it. Like Chandler Jones and Max, like they're firing yeah. right. Both stopping the run well. They're both getting after the quarterback well. They're both getting I, penetration. I mean, theoretically, disruptive. If you're looking at it long term, you would want Tyree Wilson to be your second best player. Because then you would have no qualms about moving on from Chandler after the season. If Chandler does play really, really well this season, you might. I think you're still getting rid of him. I mean, I. I still. It depends, man. What's yeah, that contract? Because is it one of those contracts that gets like stupid year three? No, the the big the big years were the first two. Chandler Jones contract. I forgot off the top of my head. Do, 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 do. Where's my one more sleep t-shirt? It's freaking ridiculous. Talk to Anik. Yeah, I mean, just we'll get, we'll get We'll get Anik on before we play the Pats. We were supposed to last year, but it didn't work out. Um, he still has a $12 million dead cap or $20 million cap hit in 2024. He gone. What, what's, what's, what's the dead million? What's the dead cap next year? Uh, dead cap is 12. Regular next cap year? is 20. Next year, Ooh, that's a tough dead cap, dude. That's a tough dead cap, dude. It's that kind of contract, dude. They they were all in on Chandler Jones. His dead cap year one, thirty two mil. This season, twenty five mil. Twelve after that, and then it's eight million after that. That's doable because the cap's going to go up eight mil. It's not going to be. It's not great, but it's not like crippling. I think I, I think he's gone, dude. He's a $16 million salary next season. 20 million cap. Hit 20, 2024 was his potential out. The contract was built for 2024 to be the out. Well, so I mean, so that's what I'm saying is you would, you would want and in a team building from a team building perspective, you would want Tyree Wilson to be mm -hmm. your second best player on your defense. That way you, you can have confidence that you can move on. Right. Seventh overall first rounder, like, you should be balls producing. out, you know. You should be producing. That'd be nice. What if it's like super fucking random? What if it's that kid from uh like Adam like that, that kid from fucking <laughs> uh Las Vegas from UNLV? He's like a clone oh, linebacker. Like a, no, he's a he's a he's a, a, a D end. He's like that same long six six, really long armed kid. Mm-hmm. I just feel I would just Divine Diablo would be nice too, just like it a would. captain of the defense. I mean, you know? he's basically the captain of the of the of of the the, what I'm saying. the defense, the the middle and the secondary, the second two levels. He's just got the green dot, so um, it makes sense. They have a lot of confidence in him. He has a lot of confidence. I mean, he never lacked for confidence. Yeah. Him and and we we saw it um, in, in their rookie year. They were the ones that were speaking up. And we both said that we liked it. I mean, oh, I, mean, I think I said I liked it. I don't know that you said you liked it that much, but I said I love rookies just speaking their mind, and not being afraid. You know, they're they're not being afraid of the competition, not afraid of the of the moments too big for them. And just the coolest guy. name on the roster, Divine Diablo, Heaven Satan. He's you a Divine like Diablo. 
Huh? I mean, I love it. What was that? Uh, the biker gang from The Simpsons? Hell's Satans? Hell's Satans. <laughs> <laughs> We're the Hell's Satans at a Bakersfield. Marge, how'd you get these stains out of my jacket? I've tried everything. I've tried yelling at it. I've tried spitting on it. I've tried punching it. <laughs> Jesus. That's when the episode. Simpsons was good. All right, that's the question of the day. Who is the second best player on the Raiders defense? You heard our answers. Very curious what your answers are. Again, wide open. Who do you want it to be? Who is it right now? Who has the potential? We'll take anything. Anything at all. You let us know. Uh, and along those lines, you yeah. know, take anything. We ain't picky. We haven't earned it. Um, another thing along those same lines. We're talking about Di Divine Diablo. Uh, our boy. Vic's getting a lot of love this show. Vic Tafer tweeted out today. McDaniels is, quote, very fond of linebacker Divine Diablo. who will be wearing the green dot. Of course, the green dot means you, you know, you got the radio to the defensive coordinator. He's gotten better every week that I have been here and seems poised for a breakthrough season okay are we buying this is divine diablo that quality of a player potential there playing that well or is it simply it has to be a linebacker and literally no one else makes sense like diablo's been there a few seasons everyone else is like off the scrap heap or rookies or randoms it needs to be a linebacker and it's literally the only guy that makes sense. What are you thinking? It's, a, it's an almost impossible question to answer. First off, can we give some love to Vic Taver for that profile picture? That macho man, Randy Savage, looking out into the ocean. Just being all introspective and emo. Yeah, it's like when you're chill <laughs> as hell, but you're also savage as hell. Uh, that is look, so horrible. It, it all it all depends. It, it all depends on what your viewpoint is of the team. Mm -hmm. If you if you lean towards a more, you know, pessimistic view of how the season's gonna go, you're you're gonna view everything with that kind of a scope, and you're gonna think, yeah, who else is gonna get it? No one else has been here. Diablo, you know, when he was healthy, he he did play well. Of course, he's gonna get the the green sticker. Um, and you're not going to believe anything that any of the coaches say. It's all, it's all, oh, it's all spin. It's, you know, I don't believe anything they say, right? It's all spin. It's going to be terrible. We're going to lose. We're going to go 0 and 17. There's that faction of fans that we have. Uh, and there's the other side. It's all the, I just, I'm going to swallow everything you tell me whole and I'm not going to question anything. Yeah. Uh, what we can look at is when he was on the field and he wasn't injured, he was one of the better players on the defense. Him and Perriman were kind of fighting for the lead in tackles, double-digit tackles, stuff like that. Um, so you can look at that. He did play well against the run um, last year. It's He was a little iffy against the pass because he was asked to do more because Patrick Graham linebackers are asked to do more. One more season, he was a safety. He's used to that, that backwards movement. Um, so I can see him uh, – I can see, I can follow the logic where, yeah, it does make sense that there's maybe 80% truth in what was being said. It's not all fluff. Well, this is the thing, though. If he didn't have the green dot, who would? Like, 
Spillane? Masterson? Do you give it to a lineman? Do you give it to a safety? Like, it's his by default. Some in the secondary. It's possible, right? Like, you know, Hobbs, you know, is Hobbs, is Hobbs that kind of a thinking man's DB? Like, that kind of leader? I don't know. He's a stud, but that's a different, it's a different skill set, right? Like, being, being the captain of the ship is a little different than being the best rower, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of his, but it doesn't mean he ha- doesn't mean that everything that, um, McDaniels is saying is not true, but it does feel like it's him by default. It does feel kind of like, like well, who else could we possibly give it to or would really make I mean, sense? he is a logical choice, but he still has to make himself the choice. Yeah. Or he, yeah. he also wore it last year too. Like he wore it last season. Yeah. Green dot as well. So it's not like a, like a, a new thing, but um, it seems, it seems like he, look, he's, it's his by default and it's his choice. What to do with it. Does he step up, take it seriously. Right. Like it's cause that's another big thing, too. Like you give someone responsibilities like my um, I got uh, I got a neighbor who's got a, an eight year old boy. And when we're on the road and the wife's on the road, I give him 20 bucks to pick up our dog poo. Right. Because, you know, feed the dogs, pick up the poo, just kind of, you know, make sure they have water. And he's kind of, you know, there's he's a great kid. But, you know, it's 2023 parents are one's a psychologist one's a doctor you know he's doing pretty well it's like yeah you give you know he's got a good he's got a good life soto right he grew he's growing up better than you or i did you give him a little bit of responsibility he's like oh all right i'm gonna be there on time these dogs are he likes the dogs are counting on me you give someone responsibility and gives them a chance to sink or swim right they're like oh fuck that i don't want the responsibility or it's kind of like oh wow i'm i'm more is demanding of me so I will deliver more. I feel like it's that. Now, I don't feel like Divine Diablo was so good. It's like, all right, no no brainer. He's our red dot guy. He's the captain of our defense. It's kind of like, look, I only have one neighbor. It's an eight-year-old. You're the man. We really only have one guy that makes sense. It's you, Divine. Deliver. This is your this is your chance to deliver. Yeah. Again, if if he if he was like the only incumbent linebacker that started games for us, um, uh, not due to injury, and let's say he was a knucklehead. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was being he wouldn't be given, you know. The second time around is a nice sign. Yeah, it's like hey, you try you know, try it last time and try last year. Yeah, let's, let's try something else. So I mean, I, I understand both both sides of that, and they can both be true. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it could be it could be that he's really the only logical choice, and he's also displayed the 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 that he's earned it so that that's a perfect world i'll never get jaded on how cool his name is <laughs> divine diablo is that his perfect. name yeah wow read it um deshaun read of the athletic tweeted out uh raiders i don't see it mandatory mini camp today he listed them all jimmy garoppolo josh jacobs michael mayer oj howard jacoby myers justin heron terry wilson jordan willis so Everyone on this list that isn't at mandatory minicamp today, because today was the start of mandatory minicamp, right? Not optional today, June 6th, mandatory minicamp started. Everyone has to be there. That's on contract. Josh Jacobs is the only one that isn't currently under contract. He was given the um, franchise tag. He has yet to sign it. We'll get to that in a second. Everyone else isn't there because of some version of injury. 
The ones we know for sure, obviously, we know what's going on with Jimmy Garoppolo. That's is is Bear signed? Yeah, everyone, everyone has signed. Okay. Everyone has signed. The whole rookie class, everybody. Perfect. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, we know about the foot injury. Um, Terry Wilson, we know about his injury. The other ones we didn't. I didn't know Michael. And, and again, we don't know the degree. We have no clue what the degree is. But Mayer, Howard, Myers, Willis, Heron, some level of we're not going to be on the field today. Not a bad lineup in that situation. I, I, I want to know what's going with with Mayer. That'd be nice to know. Yeah, I, I didn't hear that he had any injury issues. Mm. Maybe he had diarrhea. Explosive? Is it explosive diarrhea? I mean, what if it was just a runny thing where he's like he lost? He lost. And you control. play. If it's runny, you play. Bro, if you lose the grip of your butt, that's just a, 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 a an oozing, a constant ooze. Have we ever seen an NFL player shit his pants? Yeah. On NFL field. Yeah, like that dude from the Seahawks did. Was it a was long time a, ago or recently? Uh, it was a few years ago. It was like maybe one of the. I remember first. a lot of vomits, a ton of vomits. Yeah, there, um, there was one of the one of um, Russell Wilson's first seasons. A defensive lineman shit himself. He oh, just so saw. It was, a, big so it was like a decade. Spot. It was like twelve years ago then. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we saw um, Donovan McNabb throw up at the Super Bowl. Yeah, the the vom is out there. Like vom's yeah, easy. I love day. a good vom. We haven't seen a good vom in a while. These guys are getting better shape, bro. I know. It's always like, well, how did the quarterback throw up? Like you're doing literally the least physical activity. Like again, you're playing football at the professional level. You're doing more physical activity than I have done in the last month. But of everyone on the field, you got you got you got wide receivers sprinting every play. You got fullbacks running head first into a pile of bodies every play. You got guards pulling, trying to chase down linebackers every play. And then the quarterback's the one that voms. He's like, all right, three-step drop. That's why uh, maybe that's you why your maybe, boy T.O. was like, man, I don't know about this guy. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're going you're gonna to vom from that? You're going to vom from that? What's that mean? Really? You sure about that? That's like... Uh, sure about that? That's like blow, getting blown up in the warm-ups. Yeah. Bad look. That's a bad look, man. Real bad look. You got to keep that game face on during warm-ups because if you – look, especially where, where RJ and I train, if you blow up during warm-ups, like the the Sharks are in the water. Like, okay, yeah. I'm going to go with that guy. That guy's already blown up. That's going to be an easy night. Mm -hmm. Well, I also think, too, like um, you have so much downtime in football. Like and you can just call – like you, just, you can just wave yourself out. You know what I mean? Like if it's – like if it's an, like a UFC fight, it's like you don't have a timeout. Like if you have to shit your pants in the middle of round two, like you're just shitting your pants. Just Tim Sylvia, you just Tim Sylvia. Yeah, you just like Yoel Romero, Tim Sylvia, Justin Quiche. Look up Justin Quiche. Oh yeah. Like we've seen. One. Oh my god! I hope I really hope our listeners are in the middle of a meal right now. We've seen a lot of fighters like a brown stain on the shorts. Justin Quiche was the one where like stuff came out. Yeah. And flung. Like it had centrifugal force that sent it yeah. in a direction. And you saw it. It's a rough business. In all fairness, though, the worst shitting we've ever seen in the UFC came with the best way to handle it. Because she just totally embraced it. Like she tweeted like that night, like, oh man, what a shitty performance by me. <laughs> what else can you do? You shit you your pants. You 
on national television. It's like, you got to lean into it. You're like, oh, it didn't ever happen. No, that's not true. It was, uh, it was we just got a, it like four cases. Of underwear. We got it in four cases. Yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about this last on Saturday. I had, I had a bunch of fighters fight on Saturday and we were talking, we we're talking to one of the coaches that an, uh, the, another promotion uh, was a, a, a female fight. And one of the chicks just started pissing all over the place. Mid fight, like mid fight. She was throwing kicks and you just see the freaking piss flying everywhere. We're like, holy Maybe she shit. was squirting because she was so turned on by how well she was. I don't know, man, but that shit stunk like piss. She must have had some asparagus or something. It's insane how quickly asparagus gets into your system. Like, I'm like, asparagus, 90 minutes later, maybe less, immediately start to smell it. Yeah, you, asparagus, a couple of Sierra Nevadas, you got to piss. Like, oh, there it is. Smell Our bodies really are a wonderland. It's incredible. Yeah, man. Speaking uh, of piss. So Josh Jacobs, the only current player on the on the roster not under contract. Here we are um, in June, early June. Mandatory minicamp has started. When we were talking about this, we were both pretty like, okay, you know, let's let's figure out what we're doing sooner than later, but we're not going to freak out. You know, there's no DEFCON 2 going on. He's now starting to miss days of mandatory minicamp. Where are you on the worrisome spectrum now, June 6th in the year of our Lord, 2023? Zero. Even though he's missing minicamp time? Yes. Well, I think yeah. we both expected this to happen. Yeah. I'm, it's, I mean, it's, it's talking point because he's not there, but I think we kind of both expected this. I mean, if we were like, okay, some miracle he signs a team-friendly contract for, let's say, a two-year deal or something like that. Mm -hmm. we, we knew that wasn't going to happen. He's going to be gone until the last possible moment he can come back, which is right before the season starts. That's what I'm calling. Why? Why does he have to wait that long? I don't, I don't know that he's going to get the deal that he wants, and I think he's just going to wait it out until he, he, he comes back. So you think the Raiders – play hardball and Jacobs is the one that blinks. No, Jacobs doesn't blink. It's just that's that's as long as he has to, to that's as long as he he can uh hold So you out. think they don't want to give him a long term deal. You think it's no, like no, no. hey I, I, I don't I don't think that I think that they're pretty far apart on the compensation for the long term deal. I think Josh Jacobs wants a lot more than the team is uh willing to give that position. And um, I mean, we've seen it happen to better players, to more accomplished players. So you're saying they're going to deadlock on the long-term deal and Jacobs signs the regular one-year franchise tag for 10 mil. Yeah. Cause if he doesn't, he loses the year of eligibility. He's going to get franchised the next year. When he comes back. Like it's, it's it, it, the way that the, 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 the contracts and the rules are set up. Um, it doesn't do him any good to sit out because it's the, the clock just starts over the next season. I think the Raiders are sitting on this to trade him. I think the franchise tag is set up to all right, let's keep you under contract as an asset and let's move on. I, I can't imagine a Josh McDaniels team, a Josh McDaniels offense with a $10 million running back. It just doesn't feel Never like McDaniels before. at all. Like not even kind of, and it's going to hurt. It is going to, it is. he's an he's a, he's going a exceptional player, without. man. He's a top five. It's I'd a say Raiders tattoo. It's a Raiders yeah. tattoo. Yeah, but the thing is, man, look, 
we've been doing a lot of things that the other that other teams that are successful don't do. Maybe we should start doing more things that other successful teams do. Like not pay a, a running back $10 million? Yeah. Like not pay a running and use that money elsewhere. You know, it's yeah. that's the thing, man. It's like it's gonna take it's man, people hate to hear this, and it, and I hate to say it because I don't want to be patient. I want shit to happen right now. But the way this roster was constructed, it put a lot of money on one side of the ball and a lot of money in certain areas that teams don't normally spend a ton of money on. And um, you know, we had how much were we paying our backup freaking quarterback? Like, how much was Mariota? Dude, it was nuts. It was crazy mm. how much we were, how much money we were putting in weird areas that successful teams don't do. Successful yeah. teams just don't do that. So we have to get out of this. I mean, I understand where people are coming from. You want to build a culture where if you ball out, you get paid. Great. But that's looking at it very narrow-mindedly. That's not how the NFL works. Maybe you want to, you want to give that for to a specific circumstance like oh you know if a player plays great you want to make sure that you reward them okay but do you want to win yeah bullshit play great we reward them that's bullshit no. do you want to win it's economics it is and it's and, and it's it's hard emotions it, emotions are not involved yeah it, it, it's it's hard to to be a part of that uh to part be people part of that like mindset and logic and 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 it's just because I do, I, I mean, I love Josh Jacobs, dude. I, I love him. I love him as a player. Uh, I would love for him to stay with us long term, but it's just he knows what his value is, and he wants to get that somewhere, and I think he'll get it somewhere, but not on a team that's has as many weapons as we have offensively right now. Josh Jacobs is falling in love with the stripper. You're like, oh, the sex is great. She's young, perky. This is awesome. This is amazing. She always smells long- like vanilla cookies. But the long-term cost, it's not, not worth, worth it. it. Not worth it. You got ex-crackhead boyfriends you're going to have to deal with. She wants to party till 4 a.m. every single night when you get a 9 to 5. Daddy issues up the wazoo. Because there, there are certain times like, you know, you look, look at uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey. He's getting paid a shit ton of money, and he was finally healthy last season. Mm-hmm. And and the Niners used him quite a bit. But the problem is, he's not usually that healthy a lot. You know, he's, he usually gets hurt. He misses quite a bit of time every single season. And that's a tough position to come back and be healthy a lot after you've been hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's really not the same guy he used to be after he got his foot hurt. Um, you know, Alvin Kamara, I think he's missed a lot of time uh, recently. You have, uh, you know, Zeke. Zeke's looking for a job. Derrick right Henry now. was the same guy this season until he got hurt, in fairness. But like, he gets hurt. He got hurt. More often now. He got right? hurt now. And that's the thing with Josh Jacobs is like, this was the one season he didn't get hurt. He improved all across the board. Is that all permanent? So we talked about last week, right? You're like, oh, how good can this offense be? It's like, well, it can be really good if everything falls in line perfectly. Jimmy G stays healthy. Hard to do. He jives with all of our wide receivers, which sometimes happens and sometimes don't. We don't move on from Hunter Renfro. Michael Mayer has a, an amazing rookie, like immediately, you know, is ready to go. The offensive line continues all the momentum they got from last season and, and doesn't miss a beat and gets better. And Josh Jacobs, who's coming off the best season of his career, replicates it. 
Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of like that's a lot of maybes, what ifs, and goddamn it, I hope so. But the thing is, is that, that that's the case for every team that's at the very top, like the the best five offensive teams. They were healthy. They had guys that they weren't counting on to produce produce well above what they thought. That's not entirely true. Like you look at the Chiefs who lost like Tyreek Hill, and they got better, right? Like they didn't need everything to work out. They as had long a as they seventh had- round running back ball out. They had as long as they have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, everything else falls into place, right? That, 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 there's like a difference maker there, right? Like, it's like, it's, it's, there's, there's, there's key components that can overcome everything. We there's don't have a key component that can overcome everything. We need all moving parts to deliver. But look, you like, look, we talked about the 49ers, their big three offensive weapons stayed healthy, which they normally don't do. McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. And Kittle all stayed healthy that year, and they lost their starting quarterback. They lost their backup quarterback, and the third string quarterback ended up balling out. That they got well, Mister Irrelevant. So that, that's they, that's that plays to my string. point. No, no, no. Well, the, what I'm saying is, is they can have so many things go you're wrong. You're talking about everything in the still play. Deliver. What I'm saying is, is you're looking, you're focusing on the things that went wrong. I'm telling you about the things that went right. Those those three big players didn't get injured, okay? You got yeah. two of your most you got two quarterbacks that got injured, and the third stringer comes in and it plays better. So it's like, yeah, the, all these things had to fall into place. And, and but that's my point. There's 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 a system, head coach, and supporting cast and bro. That you're, can you're, pick you're, up you're you're missing the point here. You're missing the point. You're you're, you're, you're missing you're, the you're point. Putting, you're putting it all on the system and the coaches and all this stuff. I'm telling you. These players stayed healthy that don't normally stay healthy. The most important position on the team went down twice, the starter and the backup, and they still played well. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the the school players all stayed healthy, but the quarterback. It is a silly conversation to have because you're only looking at it from one side and you're not looking at it from the other side at all. I'm telling you, I freely admit. Yes. Their two quarterbacks went down, but they were also very fortunate that the last player selected in the NFL draft ended up being pretty damn good. That's not all system. He has to be a good player. And my, my, my point players, being is, if if we lose two quarterbacks, right? Let's say the you know the Raiders lose whoever their first and second string quarterback is this season. Are we going to the conference championship game? No. Are we? But are are we? Niners the, did. Now you're changing the. You now you're changing the question. We talked about the side of the ball being good. Mm-hmm. So the better question would be, could we still have as good an offense or better with, in this same case, it would be Aiden O'Connell. What I said was the Niners had awful, atrocious injury luck at quarterback, the most important position in sports. And they still played awesome, right? Yeah, they, they lucked out with their skill players. Good, right? great. But they got devastated on a much more important position and they still delivered. Can the Raiders face any major injury situations on the offense and deliver Jacobs or Devonte, you know, really, really, really important keys to the offense. The answer is no. That's my point is if like, look, the, the, the chiefs moved on from Tyree kill and got better, right? The chiefs. The Niners lost their first and second string quarterback. Made it the MC Championship game. 
yeah, like you don't get to the Super Bowl or NFC Championship games without luck, right? Like you, that doesn't happen. Like you have to have some things fall your way. They didn't have all the best luck and all the best pieces from the seasons before and still delivered. Can the Raiders do that? I don't think there's any chance in hell. Like you need all these pieces to work perfectly and like ab- above and beyond good luck. So what what measuring stick are we placing here? Are we looking for people to get hurt and them to far overperform what they're looking, what, what they were predicted to do? Because I don't know that the 49ers were predicted to be a bad team and they ended up being better with a third-string quarterback. They were still one of the better teams in the NFC and they just predict, they just produced to where they were supposed to be. How, how, how many teams can have their third-string quarterback take them to the conference championship? Okay, yes. again, that team was selected to be that level of team. So a more fair comparison would be a third-string quarterback come in and the team play around maybe a little bit better than expected before the season started. Because now you're you're looking for a a third-string quarterback to make the defense better too, to make the other side of the ball better too. That's not the same comparison. I don't think we have the margin for error. As a lot of as the other well, top five, not, top because top our team's offenses. not as good. Our team's not as good, and that's my point. That's, that's all I'm trying to say. That's all no, I'm trying no, to I, say. I, I like we need, but, but like the way Jacob you're saying it be, doesn't make sense because you're you're not comparing apples to apples. You're saying can the Raiders lose the first like, second quarterback and make it to the championship game? Well, no, because I don't think they can make it to the championship game with their first quarterback. So we're, we're just talking like the conversation last week was like, can the Raiders be a top? Someone, someone uh, in the what up win bags, they said the Raiders should be a top five offense. We're like, okay. Mm-hmm. What's it going to take to be a top five Alphines? Okay. Literally everything has to go perfectly. And we're probably going to, if everything goes perfectly, it'd be night. We could be like eight, right? Seven, if, eight. Everything, if everything goes great, right? I think you and I think that Aiden O'Connell can help us be seven and eight. If, if we'll, we'll, we'll take, we'll take the same scenario that happened with the 49ers. Everyone else stays healthy on the offense. Everyone else produces at their best on the offense. I, I'm I'm higher on O'Connell than most. To say I'm like he's gonna play like Brock Purdy high, I'm not. That, that's we didn't say that five. Would, that would be that would be amazing. We didn't I don't say know five. We said top ten. We said eight. That would be that would be. Fuck, dude! If Aiden O'Connell has Brock Purdy in him, <laughs> look, man, look. <laughs> oh, dude, I've watched, very different I've watched player this, for sure. But I watched this tape. Damn. I don't see. I don't see the lack of arm strength. Does he have a freaking rocket? No, but he can make throws. He can make the throws. The only thing is he's just not mobile. And honestly, if you if you take the attributes and you have intelligence, anticipation, uh, timing, uh, touch, accuracy, I'll take all those over he, mobility. He, I mean, well, look, it, it, the the arm the the arm detriments are real. Like arm strength is an issue. Getting it in tight windows. Things like that, you need arm strength, which he doesn't have. In Purdue, he in, in Purdue he over in Purdue he compensated by having great touch, like unbelievable. Like if he was a pool player, he'd be the dude that like hits the English and like has it spin around and like knock it back in. Like he's got he's got touch for days, and he knows how to throw guys open. Like that's how he kind of compensated for that. The lack of arm strength is this is the thing. It's like. In football, what are the what are the two things you can't coach? Speed, Speed and heart. 
the only things you can't coach. You, you can never be faster than you are, and you can never have more heart than exists in you, right? And quarterback, arm strength is something you can get it a little better, right? Like you can train it to get it, but you either have it or you don't. And I think that's like when you're looking at the the ceiling of a quarterback, you want the you want the things that you can't coach to be as high as possible because mm-hmm. you tell yourself, I can coach him up the rest of the way, right? It's like, look, he's got these, he's got these physical skill sets. And every and every NFL coach feels that way, right? I'm this great coach. I'm the quarterback whisperer. And the ego's just, there. The ego like, just just give me the just give me the pieces and I'll make him, I'll make him Joe Montana. Just just make sure the physical gifts are there and I can take care of the rest because I'm such a great coach, right? Aiden O'Connell doesn't have that high ceiling with the arm strength and mobility. Like he's not the athlete, doesn't have the arm power, right? And, and that's kind of like the ceiling thing. Not that it can't be overcome. I'm saying the ceiling elements that coaches look for, it's it just hasn't shown to be there. And he's been able to make up for it at the college level with with touch and intelligence and throwing guys open and great like that. And that can take you really really far. Like not every single quarter, not every single good quarterback in NFL history had a fucking howitzer. You know what I mean? Um, but those but those elements I think are are still missing and you're going to have to work around it. Like you're Josh McDaniels is going to have to fight. If, if we're talking like Aiden O'Connell is going to be starting for us next season and leading the offense. But like, if, if that's a situation that happens, you're going to have to cover up some, some very serious weaknesses. I see. I don't think his arm is as weak as people say it is. I don't think he has a limp noodle back he there can, as a, for an he, arm. He could throw it far, but it's not like a good velocity, right? Like he's not going to like, like crush a 10 yard out. You know what I mean? Like in a tight window. Dude, he he was throwing. There. It's not his he style. Was, he was throwing opposite hash outs in college and the hash marks are further out than in, in, in the pro. So it's a harder throw in college. He, he, he was, th- he was throwing it, but he was yeah. throwing like, again, like a touch ball. Like I'm throwing you open. Like maybe we just saw a different tape, man. Cause I don't think it's as big an issue as people are making it out to be. I think that the fact that he doesn't have a super strong arm is makes it like, okay, well he has a weak arm. No, there's a whole pendulum swing in between those two things. And I don't think it's as close to the weak arm as people are trying to say. I personally don't think so at least. I think I think by like starting, you know, again, we're talking about a four string rookie quarterback here and we're we're comparing him to starting NFL quarterbacks, but like for starting NFL quarterbacks, it's it's a below average arm strength. Fair? Like it's below average arm strength for for, for I don't, I don't agree, but you know, we can we can not agree on things, that's fine. Um the big story well, speaking of quarterbacks, the big storylines for the NFL um, the ESPN loves doing this. They're like, all right, number one storyline for all 32 NFL teams. For the Raiders, Paul Gutierrez, who's the ESPN guy, said storyline to watch. Who's playing quarterback? We were just discussing that. With quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo sidelined as he recovers from surgery to his left foot. That took place after he signed with Las Vegas in March. Raider Nation turns its size to Brian Hoyer, Aiden O'Connell, and Chase Garbers. Tell me one person in Raider Nation who's turning their eyes to Brian Hoyer. <laughs> Come on. While Las Vegas bet on Garoppolo being ready for training camp, there remains a possibility that he'll never play for the Raiders, meaning mini camp will give the 14-year vet Hoyer, the fourth-round draft pick O'Connell, or the second-year pro who has yet to take an NFL snap. Garbers, a leg up on the competition. Mm. I get that if there's any question about your starting quarterback, any question at all, 
especially one you just brought in, $33 million guaranteed. If there's any question about him at all, that's probably the biggest storyline of your team. That's yeah, the most important player most in your team. Right? right, and he's, he's a wild card. You know, he's wild just got card. brought in, especially his contract, right? There's still kind of, you know, this, this simmering, like he's got to pass this physical before, you know, he's actually truly signed, blah, 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 blah. I agree that this is the biggest storyline to watch because of the stakes at hand. But still, the most plausible scenario is that Garoppolo heals, plays in the preseason, starts week one. That's, yeah. that's still the most plausible. The stakes are so high that if there's a chance that it doesn't happen, it's a big deal. But that's one. There's one thing to not take your eye off of. Most likely scenario. Jimmy G. String plays most of you know practices most of training camp, starts week one, healthy. Yeah, I mean, I think that it is a. It would be a huge. I mean, it's it's highly improbable that he misses any time in the beginning of the year from this specific injury. I think even him missing a little bit of time or coming in late is improbable. I think that he's going to be ready. Uh, Ian Rappaport said it. He reported it that the doctors, everyone in the Raiders feels like he's Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be back in plenty of time for training camp. Just like everyone, like they've been saying, it's there was a minor procedure to fix something in order for them to feel comfortable with the injury and how it's recovering. And they did it as early as they did to make sure it's going to be ready in time for training camp. I think he'll be ready in plenty of time for training camp. And he's, that's not going to be an issue. Yeah, it, it's all it's all down to like what we've been talking about forever is before we knew about this injury, Jimmy, Jimmy G's injury history was such a big issue, right? That's the number one issue. It's the biggest issue when you're dealing with Jimmy Garoppolo is – can he stay healthy? Because he's only literally only done it once, right? And so having this injury on top of that, it just compounds the worries. Um, but that's the thing with Jimmy G is like, even if this specific injury is like fine and ready to go by the time week one rolls around, it's like, what's the next injury? And what is he compensating that injury with on another one? Because you get hurt in someplace else. I, I've experienced in my life multiple times, right? I tweak my right knee and my left hip gives out because I'm compensating for it. Um, he's only getting older. It's not getting easier. So it's, it's the actual foot injury in a bubble. I'm pretty confident. I think we'll be okay. It's just one more issue on a guy with full of injury issues. You're just like, God damn it. Let's just put this, let's just get this guy together with some bailing wire and duct tape. Let's like hold this fucker together for 17 games. Get Ironman. Whatever it takes, please. Let's take all the G-strings in every Las Vegas strip club and just wrap it around every one of his tendons and just keep this guy that together. Work. Let's mummify this dude and get him there. That might work. We're going to do some what win backs? Sure, why not? Taddy, 707. O-line didn't improve. Defense didn't improve. Quarterback didn't, didn't improve. Yeah, it's bleak at this point. Did the O-line defense or quarterback improve? It's kind of like the first question that we asked, the question of the day. It all depends on your perspective. Mm. 
if you if you expect the, every single person on the offensive line to regress or most of them to regress, then no, they didn't improve. If you're looking for a natural progression of players in a system for the second year in a row, getting the same coaching, getting the same, you know, you would expect, you know, the good players to stay good. Uh, and some of the newer players like Parham, like maybe Munford or whatever to, to uh, you know, Brandon Parker coming back who played well in the last couple of the games that he played uh, the year before. You would think just the sheer fact that they've been together for another year that they're going to improve, their play will improve. I think that's the most important thing. And I think we're, too, we're, we're so stuck on the name brands. We're not looking at the production that, that the players that we do have are going to give us. And specifically in the offensive line. It's it's a scenario where you look at like when when the only improvement you're looking at from a certain squad is that they're together longer. That's something, especially with O-line. Especially with O-line. Like, all right, the continuity of those five guys playing together generally is a good thing. But when you're not improving the individual players, that is something to consider. Like that, 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 is, that is not optimal. Like You want to take your worst players, let them walk, sign new players that are better, right? You're always going to do that every single year. Every single year. The worst guys on your team, get rid of them, get better guys. Draft them, sign them, trade, whatever. And there wasn't a lot of that. There wasn't a ton of that. With O-line, I feel like time can improve this squad like a fine wine defense not so much now again Terry Wilson picked up some depth also in the draft I don't know if the defense improved from a really bad defense last season I mean I I, I don't know I, it doesn't feel that way personnel wise and it's I don't know if I don't know if continuity can make them improve the same kind of way a line does so I think I think line just by time will improve defense. I don't think so. And quarterback is just purely based on how brittle Jimmy G chooses to be. Yeah. I mean, Derek Carr didn't have a Derek Carr season last year. He didn't have the type of season that we're used to him having. Yeah. So do you feel like the quarterback position can improve as far as production? That's, a debate that we can have for 10 hours. Mm. Um, just know that the quarterback position, the bar isn't super high off of the production we had last year. That's, that's the thing we need to focus on here. We don't, don't focus. Don't look at the headlines or look at the name brand. Look at the production that was there last year. Uh, kind of the thing that we were taught was talking about uh, last week when Vic's like, Oh yeah, whatever. We're terrible. And we're, we're bad at all these different spots. Well, yeah, we let Darren Waller, we traded Darren Waller away, but I mean, he didn't really produce the last couple of years he was here. So how how high or low is that bar for the tight end position to produce more than the previous two seasons? Same thing with the defense. That bar is super fucking low for them to, to, to produce and to perform better. And I don't think we're putting enough into how much it means for a defense to know what they're doing and to those important pieces to be a second season under Patrick Graham and know what they're supposed to do. I think the players that they did pick, a couple of players in key spots, are, are smart, productive, uh, young players 
that can improve the defense because they're positions of need. So um, is it the safer bet to say no? Yeah, of course. It's a safer bet to say no because I don't think the team is set up to be that good right now. Uh, and because there's so many unknowns, it's always easier, safer to go with the negative than the positive. But I can definitely see where all three of those positions, the production improves. Maybe not what you want to hear as far as their talent or whatever improves, but I could definitely see the, the production on each one of those areas to improve. Raider Vic. His namesake. This Vic Tafer dude is depressing. What if that's actually Vic Tafer has said that? His burner account. He's like, yeah. He has like the dumbest burner account ever because he actually uses his real name. Not Vic Tafer. <laughs> <laughs> J.R. Clyford. Johnny Sato. Well, this, this is what you got to understand. Um, Vic Tafer is a beat writer, went to Berkeley to be a beat writer and a sports writer, right? When you're on, like, we'll use the term like the media. Anyone who uses the term the media that like paints everything with the broad strokes, they're either dumb or they're trying to sell you something. So often, like we're like fans, like we're, we're like, dude, we're just Raider fans that love talking Raiders. And we're, we hope you guys do too. And we hope you enjoy the conversation, right? We're not pretending to be objective journalists here. Like we, no, we're we, fans. We love the Raiders, right? We're fans. Vic Tafer is not, which is a good thing. You need some non-fans covering your team. Lord knows there's plenty of fans. If you want, you know, just like fans, there's, there's plenty of places for you to go to like, Hey, I just want to talk Raiders with people who love the Raiders. Tons of places you can go. Great. You need objective beat writers who aren't there emotionally. They're there. They're purely like, hey, this is what I see. This is who I've talked to. This is this is how I feel about it. We need that. We need that balance. We a, 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 the good coverage of a team has all of it. Diehard fans just fucking love everything. Beat writers, it's call it how they see it, and everything in between. Right? There needs to be Vic Tapers in this world. And to be fair, if you're just purely looking from the outside, looking in at the Raiders for the last little bit, it is pretty depressing, right? Like if you take away love for the silver and black and you just look objectively at a team that fell to six wins last season and on paper, the personnel hasn't drastically improved. Vic Taper saying, look, I don't love the silver and black. I'm here to cover the team and, and give this you the facts. This is what I see. This is what I see being on the field and in the building and, and talking to players. And this is what I see. You need that. There's a balance. You need Vic Tafers. Now you need the, the Sotos and RJs as well, but you need the Vic Tafers. And when things are pretty kind of depressing from the outside, looking in from an objective third party, he's going to tell you about it. Yeah. And then we, and we analyze what he said and say, look, I don't think he's seeing this. Sorry. I think he's right about that. I think he's wrong about this. And we have a discussion, but the, the, he is a excellent, fantastic cog in the wheel of Raiders coverage. There is, if, if the only coverage we got in the world was Vic Tafer, it'd be pretty depressing and it would suck, but we don't have just that. We have him along with a hundred other people and a Including. bunch of different other platforms. And he's a piece of it. And yeah, that, you got it, that, this and him. He's a great piece of the puzzle. I agree. 
Adam Hill. He's like straight up. He's like, I don't, you know, I don't like the Raiders. I was a Bills fan. Like I, I, I cover the team because I live in Las Vegas, and he gives us great coverage, great coverage. And then we come to us, and we'll make it Raidery for you. Yeah, we'll, we'll pick and choose what we want, and then we'll, the, we'll make it Raidery for you. Speaking of Andrew Evenstar, that's seventy percent of porn star name. Love this damn show. Seriously, this is the ultimate cool bro slash cool uncle type show. LOL. I really look forward to it. See, now you're understanding what you need to do, RJ. We need to pump us up. If you don't toot your own horn, there's no music. I uh, I, I sent back the message. I'm like, which one's the cool bro? Which one's the cool uncle? But I feel like that's pretty obvious. Like you're the uncle, you know. The, the, the chick's been telling me to like maybe color some of these whites in. I don't know. I don't know if you got. You got to make it racial. Uh, white whiskers. That was that, that what you call us now? Is that the new word for cracker? Yeah. Look, look. It's like almost all gray. It's almost. I, all you're gray. quickly going from uncle to like homeless. I'm only forty five, man. I know, it's, but that white. That it's, white look. It's I, I turned I turned forty in eight days, not a single gray. That shit looks like fucking shoe polish, bro. You need to stop. Not a single no, dude. El natural, more gingery than I hoped, but not white. Well, that's, that's the beauty. Not, I probably do have some white and some gray, but I'm blonde enough that it kind of just mixes yeah. in. It's gonna happen to you, man. The red hair goes white like that. Well, the thing I'm I'm going balder faster than I'm whitening. <laughs> which which is worse but i can always say like no i never went white i just went full fucking cul-de-sac look before it could go just white. promise me promise me one thing before you buy that piece from maury's wigs i gotta go with you i gotta give you the good opinion on maury's wigs maury's, wigs. maury's look they stand up against hurricane winds man <laughs> price to fit any budget <laughs> what movie is that from let us know in the comment section you can even That's swim with it pull. That's a deep pull. It, 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 it stood up in the freezer, too. Oh, yeah. Stood up in the freezer. Literally, literally and figuratively. Oh, stood up in sure. the freezer. We'll let you guys debate what movie is that from. Uh, great show today. Thank you for joining us. Um, day early. We'll probably go a day early next week as well. Ooh. Because I turn 40 next Wednesday. And so I think we'll record Tuesday. And I'm going off camping Wednesday. What are you doing next weekend, Soto? Want to go? Want to go camping? What go is off? next weekend? I got fights, bro. You got fights? Okay. Yeah. You got responsibilities. Yeah, I got responsibilities. Man, we had five. I had five fighters fight mm -hmm. last Saturday, and I had four victories. Uh, all Muay Thai. All Muay Thai. Mm -hmm. Four victories. All good fights. The one of the guys that the, the guy that lost. Young kid, 16 years old, first fight, but fought really well. That's really all you can ask for. Like, you do decisions, like, you don't know what the hell the judges are looking for. All you really want to do is go out there, be prepared, fight really hard, fight well, and whatever happens, happens. That's loser talk, Soto. I want no, Ws. Man. I you want know, trophies. You know more than anybody. I want hardware. You know more than anybody. Give me dubs. the fight game is. Yeah, and cool thing is, is uh, uh, three of the fighters – I, I was actually working really close with um, and strength and conditioning wise. And they were all two round stoppages. They all won the first two rounds. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty sweet. 
Spider Muay Thai is brewing something special. Over there for sure. You're in the Orange County area. You want to learn how to kick ass? Do it. Spider Muay Thai. We're there. Until then, not going whatever you're with me.